would have made the same ruling. So it's no harm, no foul. The no. problem was not with Reinhardt. It was with the attorney general who didn't follow his own guidelines. There should never have been a search warrant requested here. There was a subpoena issued. And what I read, and I read it all, uh, of the unredacted material makes a strong case against a search warrant. There was no urgency. If they wanted a search warrant, if it was so urgent, they could have gotten it five months ago. And even when they got the search warrant, they waited two days. There was no justification for a search warrant. So if you want to talk about who's to blame here, it's not Reinhardt. It's the attorney general of the United States. He should never have sought a search warrant. The other important thing is there is enough evidence here to indict Trump. But Trump will not be indicted, in my view, because the evidence doesn't pass what I call the Nixon-Clinton standards. The Nixon standard is the case has to be so overwhelmingly strong that even Republicans support it. And the Clinton standard is why is this case more serious than Clinton's case where there wasn't a criminal prosecution? So I think the three points are there was probable cause. They shouldn't have sought a warrant. There is enough for an indictment, but there will not be an indictment and should not be an indictment. Okay, uh, Saturday, 27 August, the year of our Lord, 2022. We're live and you're in the war room. We've got a lot of wood to chop today. Uh, we're going to go f uh, to the Middle East, uh, to the Gulf region, talk about Afghanistan, talk about rare earths. We're going to talk about the economy globally, also here in the United States. Uh, Blake Masters is going to join us. Joe Allen is going to join us. We're absolutely chock-a-block at a big event this afternoon in um, Gwinnett County, Georgia. Um, the uh, former vice chairman of the Gwinnett uh, County GOP is going to join us on this uh, trial they're going to be doing this afternoon to put up evidence of how uh, Georgia was stolen. All of that today, but we got to start with Brother Dershowitz and his Fox hit last night. And what he walked through, we're going to start with, we're going to try to get John Solomon up here in a minute. we got Jack Posobiec, Mike Davis, Bill Mitchell. Uh, I want to start with Jack Posobiec. Uh, Jack, um, your concept of preemptive coup, how does that, uh, which is quite a powerful, um, I think, uh, piece of, it's a, it's a construct that I love. And I think we have to be thinking in that construct now. Um, and, and I want you to put that in the framing of what Alan Dershow, Alan Dershow said, there shouldn't be, Reinhardt was wrong, there shouldn't have been a search warrant. Um, however, there's probable cause, but there shouldn't have been a search warrant, but Trump's gonna, Trump, there's enough here right now for Trump to get indicted. I don't, <clears throat> Denver doesn't have this quite yet, but but Robert Crilly and Rob Crilly and Jeff Earl over the Daily Mail did a really good job of looking through the documents and they have a headline. And, and when Denver gets it up, they can get it up in this segment. The headline of the Daily Mail is there are 184 classified documents. 24 of them are confidential. Okay, this morning's Washington Post and Wall Street Journal are confidential. They've got, uh, excuse me, I think it's 64 confidential and it's like 25 top secret. This is a total, complete nothing burger. This is embarrassing that we're even talking about this. And it kind of upsets me that we're spending so much time on the show, which is supposed to be all signal, talking about this. But the reason we're talking about it is the concept of what Jack Posobiec has kind of laid out, the preemptive coup. Jack Posobiec, Human Events Daily, the night watch of war. I appreciate so much you getting up after your great show last night and joining us today. Uh, what is the preemptive coup, and how does Dallin Dershowitz's 
laying out on Fox last night, we had everybody's head blowing up. Uh, how does that play into it? Look, Steve, I've said this on the Human Events Daily. I've said this when I was hosting uh, guesting for Charlie this week. You got to understand that Dershowitz is operating off of a framework where he's saying that, well, what about the Clinton standard? What about these other standards? There was no criminal prosecution of Clinton. We wouldn't do that. This isn't the 1990s anymore, Alan. They're going to indict Trump. They want to indict him. And unless there is massive public pushback, they are going to indict him because they want this to be a preemptive coup. That's what's underway. And we are living through a preemptive coup of 2024. They can see President Trump coming. They can see MAGA ascendant. Notice they didn't do this until you had candidates like Kerry Lake and Blake Masters and Joe Kent all winning in the primaries, and then boom, they trigger the raid of Mar-a-Lago. This has been going on. We've got the we've got the email chain. We've got, by the way, and John Solomon had the email chain. Now we have the affidavit. It's basically the same thing. They're going back and forth, back and forth. It doesn't matter. They will do whatever they can get any one of these magistrate judges, one of these flunkies, to rubber stamp because they want to put President Trump up there in the well of that D.C. court system where they know it's going to be a rigged jury, where they know it's going to be the deck stacked against him. They're going to throw precedent out the window. They're going to throw, we already, they already threw executive privilege out the window with Biden not invoking executive privilege. He said Trump doesn't have executive privilege, even though he was the president of the United States at the time these documents were classified and, oh, by the way, declassified. So look, I've been, uh, I've been on the front line to explain to everybody, this is HCS, this is FISA, this is what these things mean, this is no form, this is what they all mean in real time. But guess what? That's interesting from an academic standpoint, but that's not signal. That is noise because the signal is the president of the United States does not have security okay. clearance. The president hey, of the United hey, States hey, on, is security clearance. I, I just De Denver's got it now. I got to put this headline up. It, it was up high in the Daily Mail, and then they kind of took it off. But this is signal right here. You're a naval intelligence officer, brother. This is a joke. 140 doc 184 documents the lies there's not one there's nothing in inventory that says q so there's no nothing highly classified on nuclear as you know or the q would you know they would have leaked the q there's nothing on q okay and no madeline pouch you got to learn the security classification system don't go running around on conspiracy theories that of the 184 documents brother 67 are confidential this morning's new york times is confidential okay that's a joke there's a couple of top secret. This thing is a clown from 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 any standard. Jack Posobiec. I mean, Mike Davis calls it the battle of the librarians, right? For overdue books and library cards. That's exactly right. But as in, just just from the point of view of reality, as an intelligence okay. officer, is this a is this look, a clown want, show? Look, you want the reality check? I'll, I'll even go straight to the heart of it. They're saying that because he had. HCS in there, human control systems, human intelligence derived, spy derived intelligence in there that could this potentially compromise U.S. spies. Here's the thing. They don't put the names of the spies in the documents, you idiots. That's kept on a completely separate system. That's totally separate. That's over at Langley. That's over at DCS. That's at NCS. The names and the cover names are kept separate. Yeah. Those, not even the cover names of the spies. Yeah would be in these documents. It's derived intelligence. That means something that's been saturated layer through layer through layer. You have no idea where it came from. It just It's just going to say something like, you know, Kim Jong-un wants to do this, this, and this with the upcoming uh, nuclear missile test, right? You have no clue how we got that information, and you're not going to. This is a joke, and it doesn't matter also because at the same time, 
from a legal standpoint, the president of the United States has the ability to declassify something. The president doesn't have security clearance. The president is security clearance. Jack, hang on for one second. Please hang with me. I want to bring in Mike Davis. Mike, I want you to respond to, to, to Jack's. He's going to get indicted, but I want to put in the framework. You have Posobiec's preemptive coup versus Dershowitz's, hey, I'm in the 1990s, and here's what – but I want you to address Dershowitz's three points because it's kind of confusing. They didn't really have uh, – they didn't need a search warrant. They didn't have uh, enough authorization for a search warrant, but there's enough here to indict him, and he's going to get indicted but the only reason he shouldn't get indicted is that it doesn't meet the Nixon standard and it doesn't meet the Clinton standard. Mike Davis, can you make it all clear for us, sir? Well, I just I respectfully disagree with Professor Dershowitz on this because, again, he has to step back and remember that you cannot indict a, a, a president of the United States or a former president of the United States, no matter what the evidence you find for non-crimes. It is legally impossible for a president of the United States to violate the Espionage Act for the way he handles classified information. Because as Jack rightly said, the president is the classifier. He is the security clearance. He doesn't need a security clearance. He's the one who decides how classified materials are handled as commander in chief under the United States Constitution. It doesn't matter what any statute says or regulation says. He doesn't have to get permission or jump through any okay. hoops. Why, why is Andrew Weissman, the psychopath, is on MSNBC last night. You know, he was Mueller's deputy. He was the FBI's guy. He's been coming at Trump since we won on, on November 8th of 2016. Weissman is a psychopath. He's been all over this thing from day one with nothing but epic fails. But why is he on TV and why is Dershowitz on TV in the last 24 hours saying, no, there's enough here to indict him? What are they either missing or purposely not saying that you and Posobiec think is accurate about this whole thing about the, the conflict with the Presidential Records Act, the classifications, all this back and forth, sir? They're under the misunderstanding that a president of the United States is subject to the Espionage Act. They're under the uh, misunderstanding that a president of the United States doesn't have the sole statutory power under the Presidential Records Act to take a copy of presidential records with them when he leaves office. They're under the misunderstanding legally, uh, misunderstanding that you can charge uh, the former president of the United States for obstructions of investigations into these two non-crimes. That's the problem. So not only is it legally impossible for the president to uh, have committed these three crimes based upon uh, the United States' 1988, uh, uh, United States Supreme Court's 1988 decision in Egan, uh, Department of Navy versus Egan and the 2012 District of Columbia uh, case with the, the Clinton judge with uh, with Obama or excuse me with Clinton's audio tapes in his software confident judicial watch that John Solomon and just the news uh, report it's it is legally impossible for for President Trump to have violated these crimes separate from that I don't know how you can look at this affidavit or even these leaks that are coming out of the Justice Department and come to the conclusion that there's probable cause that President Trump committed any crime because even if the legal standard were were you know that the president didn't have to uh, that that the president was uh, that President Trump did, could not have violated these as a matter of law even if President Trump could have violated these statutes as a matter of law I'm not seeing the evidence that he did I'm not seeing the evidence of any intent that he that he intended to do this Pasobic, jump in here. What Mike Davis just did, like he did on Fox, he goes through chapter and verse of, of references and cases and precedent and all that in the legal framework. 
Are you saying that is your theory the case in the preemptive coup that that's all nice and that's that's very interesting, but it's irrelevant because these people are lawless. They don't believe in all the rule of law need, and they're just going to play smash mouth. Steve, all they need is one judge who agrees with Andrew Weissman. Andrew Weissman was the top bulldog for Mueller during the Mueller investigation over there at the Department of Justice in that special counsel's office. They want to indict. They were trying to indict Trump on everything. And it was only, by the way, we, we saw the memo. It was Barr coming in in 2019 who said, look, I'm an institution guy. We need to protect the institution. We're not indicting Trump over this because it's a bunch of chicken scratch. But if they can get one, now you don't have him. Now you have Garland. And now you have any judge, all these Obama judges and everybody else up there that's just going along to get along. They're going to play smash mouth. They're going to put this in court. Mark my words. They are looking to, because think about it, from their perspective, and we're hearing this from the White House, by the way, they think if we're alleging that he did all these things, if we went to the point that we were going to raid Mar-a-Lago, well, now you have to indict him because otherwise it looked like this was just politically motivated. So you're saying they've got to go all in. Mike Davis, uh, give us a response before we go to break Too far on now. Jack Posobiec. Is, are, are, are they totally lawless right now, Mike Davis? Yes. I mean, I completely agree with Jack's assessment. They, they want to indict President Trump. And they I think that they had every intention of indicting President Trump when they went into this home raid in Mar-a-Lago until they saw the blowback from the raid. And I, I, I think that that uh, that concurs with Jack's point that there has to be blowback. They have to see tremendous political blowback in order for them to pause. Otherwise, they are absolutely, absolutely going to indict President Trump. Now, it's not going to stand up when it it will it will probably stand up with some, you know, uniparty judge in the D.C. District Court. It will almost certainly stand up with the Obama stacked D.C. Circuit. But the Supreme Court, including even Democrat justices on the Supreme Court, like Justice Kagan, there's no way that they can go along with this. This is much bigger than President Trump. This is destructive to the presidency, and it's lawless. Okay, short commercial break. We're going to return. We've got Jack Posobiec. We have Mike Davis. Uh, we have Bill Mitchell. We're going to get into all of it uh, upon the return. Uh, Jack, just hang with us for a moment. I know you're slammed this morning, but I just want to one more time go through the construct of the preemptive coup because I, I tend to agree with you, sir. I think that's where we are. Short commercial break. We'll be back in the warm in just a moment. Everything's just beginning But the games you want to play Bring it on and now we'll fight to the end Just watch and see It's all started Everything's begun And you are over War Room, Pandemic, with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room, Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. One of the things I'm really proud of what this show's done over the last couple of years since we started in War Room Impeachment back in, what, September, October of 2019, is that we uh, talk about process and uh, the statics and dynamics of process. We always make sure that we get what we call nomenclature and constructs so you have a frame of reference of what to start thinking about things. And I've got a pretty good eye for when I see something important. And Jack Posobi said something on our show yesterday, and he's been talking about his preemptive coup. I want everybody to understand this concept and this construct because that's exactly 1,000% of what has happened. And because 
it wasn't just the candidates of it just wasn't the candidacy of Joe Kent and Carrie Lake and Blake Masters and others throughout the country that start to win. It was the fact that they had no money and no establishment support. These were truly populist grassroots candidates scraping together the little bit of money they had and being outspent four to one, five to one, ten to one in winning. That now they understand that MAGA's ascendant and they've got to chop it off at the head. And it's absolutely a preemptive coup. Jack, walk me through one more time the print, this, the construct of preemptive coup and what should people be looking for? Look, Steve, it's not even really my concept because this isn't some hidden thing. Joe Biden went down there, the high school, poorly attended high school in Rockville, Maryland, where, by the way, one of the guys who was able to get to the front row was screaming, you stole the election, you stole the election. Joe Biden turns around, he named you. MAGA is the enemy class of the regime. He said this publicly. Everything that flows downward from there flows down from that statement. That is the sentiment of this regime. Your movement is the enemy movement. You are the enemy. They are treating President Trump like an opposition. Look, if you go to a post-Soviet country, I talked to Tanya Tay about this. She says, oh, yeah, I've seen this story before. I've seen this movie a million times. First, they put out, they say, oh, we broke some law, this law, that law. Then they haul them off in chains. Then they have show trial. Then they lock them up. Right? This has been done for 100 years. Go read Der Process by Kafka. You'll explain. The last scene of Der Process, by the way, the guy's led off to execution. He hasn't even told what crime he committed. The, the crime isn't the point. The process is the point. The process is the punishment. They're trying to kneecap MAGA. This is the chop block. They are trying to institute a preemptive coup so that you can never come back. And that's why one of the most powerful things right now, whether it be the public statements on Twitter, on Getter, across social media, the videos, the people standing there waving the MAGA flags peacefully, by the way. Yes, obviously, peacefully. Uh, MAGA drag the interstate, all the different things you can do to show your support right now. That is the biggest thing, the political and the social blowback, also the international blowback. That's why, look, you're, you're even hearing moderates. You're even hearing people like Dan Crenshaw, who usually kind of sits in the middle. They're not really a MAGA guy calling this thing out. You're hearing Democrats call this thing out. That's what's so important right now, because the lawlessness of this regime has to stop. We want to go back to the ballot box. We want to have secure, fair elections, election day, not election week. And we want to get back to the point where, number one, we don't throw out the republic just because they hate this president and they hate this movement so much. And Steve, that's exactly what they're doing. They want to say, we are anti-democracy. Look at what you guys are doing yourselves, sir. And by the way, if there's people right now that are saying, oh, the inner circle is getting cold feet and they're digging, fine. You know what? Name every single one of them. We'll take you off the list at Mar-a-Lago. You don't have to worry about it anymore yeah. because- we are going to be leading this thing. The ball is going all the way down the field, and there's no stopping us. Yeah, but Biden called us a fascist movement. Just remember that, Rockville. But, uh, Jack, you've got a Look, special The war room tomorrow. posse Tell is the offensive line yeah. of MAGA. The war room posse yeah. is the O-line of MAGA. And we are going in there, rain, dirt, sleet, it don't matter, because you will not move this posse. No, this is uh, this is the call to arms now, metaphorically. Um Jack, you got a special on tomorrow with MTG. Tell us about this Human Events Daily special. How do people get to it? How do they get look, to your social media? Look, this is the perfect example of what I'm talking about. We've got MTG on for the full hour because we're going to be walking through her swatting attempts. Steve, they want to kill her. They want to take her out. These were not just swatting attempts. These were assassination attempts. And people need to understand what that is. And I haven't seen anyone yeah. rallying around MTG about this. 
I haven't seen Republicans, Democrats. Where's AOC? You think this would be something, Ilhan Omar, something that they could all agree with that none of the 435 members of Congress, the 100 members of the Senate should should tolerate. 100% none. You want to talk about violence? Look what they did to MTG. So we've got to run for the full hour tomorrow. It drops 10 a.m. on the podcast side, on Rumble side. I believe Rav is trying to get it up as well. Okay, perfect, Jack. Thanks for taking time away from Tiny and the kids today to join us. Really appreciate it. This concept of preemptive coup is big league, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it, Steve. Uh, Mike Davis, um, we know we have to dominate at the ballot box on November 8th. The stakes could not be higher. And and, and, and I think Posobiec's put it up in high relief. But when you talk about blowback, I, I see you on Fox. I see some other guys out there. Are you seeing enough? I don't see a huge chorus of elected officials. And this is what NBC and these people are starting to say now that, oh, well, after the raid, when it all came out in the affidavit yesterday, are you are you hearing is crickets? What does Mike Davis say? I always say, uh, Steve, that the D.C. politicians are the only reptiles on the planet who lack backbones. And so what the what the Trump supporters, what conservatives need to be doing the war room posse is keep raising hell because that will help these dc politicians find their backwards i just want to go back one more time before before i, I let you go to the dershowitz because dershowitz because of the involvement with the impeachment and, and people think that he is closely associated with the president on his statements he made out but no probable cause they didn't you know they didn't have probable cause for search warrant uh, but the judge did the right thing, and the, but there's still enough to indict him, but he's not going to get indicted because of precedent. What do you think about the whole thing? Because this is getting a lot of tra- – Mediates guys, the lead story. It's getting a lot of traction. It's going viral. What say so, you, sir? Number one, you have a con- you have a Fourth Amendment violation because you have a clearly biased judge and U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt who recused from tre- President Trump's civil lawsuit versus Hillary Clinton – on June 22nd because he had a 2017 Facebook post that bashed President Trump's integrity. So he should not even have uh, been involved with this home raid warrants at all. He, sh- he's, he is biased. He has a clear judicial bias under 28 USC 455A and Canon 2 and Canon 2A of the judicial canons. He, this is an unconstitu- un- unconstitutional raid for that reason alone. Uh, the other reason this is an unconstitutional raid under the Fourth Amendment is because it was it was too intrusive. President Trump was cooperating with the investigation. We we heard that he uh, that Jay Bratt, the the deep state head of counterespionage at the Justice Department, went down there to Mar-a-Lago, talked with Trump's uh, team, and they put a an extra lock on the storage unit where the where the records were held. There was no reason to go to this home raid. Go to this biased judge and get this home raid, and they judge shopped for this home raid because Merrick Garland uh, uh, leaked out that he deliberated for weeks to go get these records. So he clearly judge shopped here to get this vice judge to order this home raid. So this is a Fourth Amendment problem for that reason. It's also legally impossible for President Trump to have violated the Espionage Act or the Presidential Records Act or any... Uh, Mike, any Mike, 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 you've done such a great job in this show, and it's driving the narrative, and that's why Fox and other networks... I just, and I'm not asking to be a critic. I'm just yeah. asking an observation. Are, are, are President Trump's legal team... Is President Trump's legal team being as aggressive as maybe the Mike Davises and the Steve Bannons of the world would, would like? Or, or give us your assessment of the legal strategy here, because I, I hear what you say all the time. 
I'm not sure I'm seeing that in pushback, but I'm not a lawyer. Maybe, maybe it is, and I just don't understand it. Your uh, observations, sir, and analysis. So I think Trump has a good legal team. Jim Trustee is a very experienced federal, uh, former federal prosecutor. He gets the day-to-day, hand-to-hand combat with the Department of Justice. Trump, uh, Trump has very good loyalists on his team, uh, like Boris Epstein and and uh, and many others. So where I think that what where I think Trump could uh, could could use is someone like a Harmeet Dillon, a uh, a. a a person who can come in and do the legal briefing to tee up these issues and preserve these legal issues for appeal. This is going to go to the Supreme Court, uh, and what you need to do is make sure that you're. What do you mean? What do you mean? What walk our audience through this? What do you mean it's going to go to the Supreme Court? And what chess pieces do you have to get in place to make sure you're ready for the Supreme Court? It's going to go to the Supreme Court in one of two ways. Either President Trump gets a preemptive, uh, he preemptively uh, stops this prosecution by what he did. He filed that lawsuit with the the Southern District of Florida, that Fourth Amendment lawsuit with a Rule 41G component that's with Judge Cannon down in the Southern District of Florida. Uh, That judge will decide those legal issues. It will go up to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, depending on on how the 11th Circuit rules. It will go to the Supreme Court. I think they need to update and amend their Fourth Amendment motion and their Rule, Rule 41G motion under the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure and tee up these other legal issues, like the fact the president has the absolute constitutional right to be classified, that the president has the absolute sole statutory right to determine whether they're presidential records or personal records, and then there's it is legally impossible for President Trump to have obstructed investigations into two of these non-crimes. That needs to be teed up in this Rule 41G motion that's going up to the Southern District of Florida and the 11th Circuit and maybe the Supreme Court through the civil route, if it's not teed up and the, and the Biden Justice Department moves forward with an indictment, this will certainly go to the Supreme Court. The D.C. District Court, uh, you're gonna, they're going to rubber stamp whatever the prosecutor does here. The D.C. jury's 95% Democrat and the 5% of the Republicans are Trump deranged. They'll certainly find him guilty even though there's no crime here. It will go to the, the Obama-stacked D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. They'll affirm whatever the hell the D.C district court does. And so it will have to be resolved at the Supreme Court. Uh, again, th- th- there is no way that President Trump, as a matter of law, could have committed many crimes here. And you're going to see someone like a Democrat appointed justice like Kagan join. Uh, Mike, real quickly, what, how do people get to your uh, social media and your website? Article3project.org, article3project.org, at article3project on Twitter, Truth Getter, and MRDDMIA is my personal, MRDDMIA. You got to you got to follow Davis. He's the smartest guy around here. This Mike, thank you so much for taking time out on Saturday to join us. Eric Prince, Blake Masters, Bill Mitchell next. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, make sure you go to uh, mypillow.com, promo code WARROOM. It's time to ship the kids back to college. You're going to keep the soccer trophies in the room, spare room, and you're going to send them out with a pillow, blanket, sheets, all of it. Go to mypillow.com, promo code WARROOM. Sheets, the special sheets, not going to last forever, 39 bucks. Go check it out. Get the buy one, get one freeze. They're not going to last forever. Get the pillows that Walmart will no longer sell, $19.88. Upgrade to a queen size pillow i think it's 39 bucks 
all these are incredible savings. So go to check out right now, mypillow.com, promo code war room. Check it out. You got the square, you got it all up there. Okay, I want to go to Bill Mitchell, Bill Mitchell Report. By the way, I just found out today that Jack Basobi got his start on Bill Mitchell's uh, network. So, Bill, we have you to blame for that, but that's a topic for, I digress, that's a topic for a different day. Bill, you've got your hand on the pulse of this. Give us your assessment of uh, of uh, Dershowitz versus Jack Basobic's preemptive coup. And I also want to talk about the support, not just from MAGA, but from elected officials of what sure. you're seeing. Bill Mitchell. Yeah, you know, you know to understand the Democrat mind is different than the conservative, different than the Republican mind. They don't think in terms of right and wrong, legal and illegal. They think in terms of works or doesn't work, works or doesn't work. So they're looking at this entire case is if we go after him on this, of course, he hasn't broken any laws. But if we go after on this, because as they say, you can indict a ham sandwich. Will it work for us or will it not work for us? You know, in World War II, the Japanese were losing. And so they created a thing called the kamikazes where their pilots would dive into our ships with their planes loaded down with explosives. And my old saying was that being a kamikaze is bad for the ship, but it's worse for the pilot. And I think the way the Democrats are looking at this right now is like, yeah, we could indict him. Yeah, we had the power to indict him. But would it be worse for us? Would this be a kamikaze run where it might wound Trump, but it would devastate and kill us? And that's what I think. I think they're probably calculating right now. And they're saying, you know, uh, I don't think that Biden's going to run again in 2024. I think they'll bring in someone like Newsom. I think that Biden may resign in his second half of his term and, and pardon his son as his parting act. And then Kamala could bring in somebody as VP. Oh, look, we're fresh and new. And then run that team in 2024. So I think that the, the risk and the downside to them of indicting Trump would be greater than the benefit they would receive also. As far as the MAGA base is concerned, we saw a dramatic shift after this raid. Before this raid, Republicans had a nine-point advantage and enthusiasm to vote. After this raid, that became a 16-point advantage, or sorry, 15-point advantage, enthusiasm to vote. That was a six-point surge. So the base is behind Trump. And one last thing I want to say, when MSNBC and, and these groups come out there and they say, all of these top Republicans are leaving Trump, we call that concern trolling. What is concern trolling? That's when your enemy starts giving you advice on how to save yourself. Now, we know that MSNBC wants MAGA to die in a fire, right? But they're giving us advice to save ourselves. Why would they do that? They don't want us to save ourselves. They want us to destroy ourselves. So they're not hearing from these top leaders that they're abandoning Trump. The base is 1,000% behind Trump. That's what I'm hearing in my feed, too. Bill, uh, the President of the United States, or the, the head of the regime, goes to Rockville, Maryland, to a high school that he came and filled the gym. Right. And he calls right. MAGA a fascist movement. Uh, give us your perspective. How dangerous uh, as language is that coming from a guy that uh, stole the 2020 election, sir? Yeah, well, he's he's talking to his base. He's trying to rile up his base. And his concern is that he's been losing his base. He's losing Hispanics. Democrats had a 50-point advantage with Hispanics in 2018. That's down to a tie now. He's losing the black voters. He's losing suburban women. So he's trying to scare everybody and isolate us and make us seem like something strange and something odd. The problem is that it's just like the juxtaposition of the Hunter Biden laptop versus what Trump's doing here. If they indict Trump over this ticky-tack stuff that he's not guilty of anything, and they leave Hunter Biden alone when he's got child porn and he's got crack cocaine, he's got all these things on his laptop, this is a problem. And the reason why Joe Biden can no longer try to make us seem extreme is that he is so extreme himself 
that whatever he says about us, by comparison, he looks even more extreme. So no matter what they do at this point, they're just digging the ditch deeper. And I don't believe they have the ability to try and get back towards the middle like Bill Clinton did after the contract with America. I think all they're going to do is dig deeper and go further and further left. I think this is looking very good for us in the midterms. Uh, Bill, how do people, uh, what's your social media and how people get to the show, the Bill Mitchell Reports? Great. I, mostly we're live streaming on Getter right now. Get is a terrific platform, G-E-T-T-R.com. And we live stream there. Live streams all day, kind of runs on a loop. Uh, but the new shows are at 8 p.m. Uh, you can follow me anywhere on social media, whether it be True Social or Getter or wherever, at MitchellVII. That was my Twitter handle before they bounced me there. And also my website, yourvoice.news. Bill Mitchell, thank you very much for taking time away on Saturday to join us. I want to make sure everybody gets that uh, to make sure you see Bill on Getter. Thank you very much, Bill. Appreciate it. Thanks. See you soon. Okay, bye. Okay, uh, we're going to go. We're going to pivot in a moment to uh, we got geopolitics, we got global economics and uh, finance, capital markets, how it affects your life. But I want to go first to one of the shining stars of this movement, uh, Blake Masters. Uh, Blake, first off, I'm hearing all kind of conflicting uh, reports on the uh, on the campaign and on Kelly. Kelly, to me, is uh, is a is a target is a target just like Fetterman. These are pathetic. You know, he's an incumbent, totally pathetic. Um, you know, has backed the radicalness of, you know, I see the spots out in Arizona all the time. We see the spots he's putting up nationally to raise money. He's trying to be uh, like a conservative and he's backs every radical policy of the Biden administration, which you'll never be able to get away from. Yet I'm hearing all kind of confusing things after your massive blowout win in the primary, which, you know, to me is still unheralded as just an amazing job you and your team did. I think you won by 12 points, 13 points. I forget it was, but it was just a blowout win. Blake Masters, where we stand in the campaign, and how can the War Room Posse assist? Yeah, thank you, Steve. Uh, we're feeling good on the ground. You know, we're definitely the underdogs here. Mark Kelly, like, we always knew it was going to be tough. We're the underdogs. He's got the whole Democratic apparatus behind him. You know, so, yeah, he's raising gobs of money. They're pretty good at funneling him all this money. Um, but, you know, Steve, he's got to go on and lie using that money. They're telling lies about me. It's carpet bombing your way. They're telling lies about his record. He's running as some kind of Republican all of a sudden. Never mind that he's probably one of the most left wing senators. Right. He's made his career in D.C. so far just rubber stamping every damn thing that Joe Biden wants. Uh, but now he shows up 10 weeks before election time. Uh, really concerned about the border, really concerned about inflation. And of course, it's just a lie. It's just a hot air. At least Fetterman in Pennsylvania is out with his leftism, right? He just says he's a socialist. Mark Kelly basically is, apparently, but he hides and he's lying to voters. So my job is to tell him the truth and just show the voters. Actually, look at this guy's track record. And when we get that message out, Steve, we win. Even if there's a David Goliath type dynamic, we're just telling the truth every day. We'll have the resources to do it. I'm busting my tail. We're, we're uh, you know, fundraising, things are actually going pretty well. Even if DC doesn't see it yet, they're going to see it. Here's what I understand. The, the, the Daily Mail, my getter feed, if you go on my getter feed, um, I think I actually might have even pinned it. It's the map that the Daily Mail did a great job on. 4.9 million. They took three or four. They took the, what the war room had with CIS and Todd Benzman about two weeks ago when we walked through how you get to 4.9 million. And then they took, you know, FAIR and some other groups. So they collated it, put a map up, and talked about 4.9 million, essentially, they said, uh, you know, illegal aliens or people that really are not officially documented to come into the country since Biden took a 4.9 million. And they talked about where in the country, but mainly coming through Texas and Arizona. 
Mark Kelly has supported everything, 100%, every aspect of the Biden regime's, uh, you know, uh, policies. How can he sit here with Arizona being run over and look people straight in the eye and start talking about border security, Blake Masters? Well, he's lying. He's a liar. That's I know people don't want to believe that some fancy astronaut could be a liar, but that's what he's doing. And Steve, remember, it's not just like he's a bystander. It would be bad enough if he were a bystander just going along with this. It is literally Mark Kelly's fault. He's done more than anyone to help Joe Biden cause this border crisis. Remember, in a deadlocked Senate, right, they need his vote. One Democrat senator from a border state, he had the power to stop this border crisis. 18 months ago, Mark Kelly could have called up Joe Biden and said, Mr. President, you're not getting a, a thing from me. Not a single piece of funding, not a single vote, not a single appointee, unless and until you finish the wall, you know, add more border patrol, support those guys. People in Arizona are suffering. Mark Kelly failed to do that. And that means all the 5 million people that snuck in on his watch, it's his fault. All the rape, all the kidnapping, all the murder, all the fentanyl death that have been caused by this border crisis. It's literally Mark Kelly's fault. Like that blood is on his hands. And that's the message I'm spreading here in Arizona. So he can get on TV with all his fancy money and, and lie. But I'm telling you, it's not going to work. You can bookmark this. We're going to win this race in Arizona. Look, working class people, middle class people, I, I've seen an outpouring for you that's been extraordinary. You could tell that in your primary race, which was literally, I think, one of the surprise blowouts of this primary season. Why is the Republican establishment having a tough time embracing the Blake Masters candidacy when it's so obvious that Mark Kelly, I think, is the easiest guy to pick off, given that he supported the inflationary America. Everybody, even even Powell admits that that the uh, American Recovery Act was massively inflationary. You got that his vote there. You got his vote on this debacle last week, this tax bill with the IRS. You got his support of the, you, he's supporting uh, this bailout of the woke elites. Uh, in in you know in Ivy League schools by by truck drivers to pay for their the deadbeats won't pay for their gender affirming studies degrees. He's on the wrong side of literally every issue. He is the number one easiest mark, and not just that, he has negative charisma. He can't speak. He can't debate. He you know he he doesn't come across with the charisma or the di- you know dynamic nature of a U.S. senator like Blake Masters does. Right. Why is the Republican establishment? What are they missing about the Blake Masters candidacy that MAGA, that uh, uh, conservative grassroots Republicans in a great state like Arizona get overwhelmingly, sir? Well, you know, I'm not sure. You know, maybe it takes a little uh, a couple of weeks for news to travel. <laughs> but but I'm seeing people here in Arizona. They're responding uh, to this campaign. They're going to kick out Mark Kelly. The enthusiasm that we're building on the ground is real. Um, I actually do think D.C. will come around in a few weeks and see it. Certainly, I hope so. I want their air support. I want their air cover. But with D.C. establishment or without, we're going to win. Um, I, you know, I think people are scared of Mark Kelly's money. And you know what? I'm not. We're raising money. We're going to have the resources to fight and win. But every day we're going to work hard. This is a grassroots campaign. That way, it's right. People are going to have to know we're going to we're going to have to outvote the money. We're going to have to outvote the fraud. It's just, hey, that's the way it is. But the stakes couldn't be higher. Blake, how do people get to social media and follow you and how they get to your campaign? I'm still on Twitter. They haven't kicked me off yet. BG Masters. I'm at Blake on Proof Social. Um, just go to my website, BlakeMasters.com. We're up against the Democrat money machine. If you've got 10 or 20 bucks, please send it my way. We'll put it to good use. We're going to beat Mark Kelly. Thank you, Steve. 
Blake, thank you for joining us here on Saturday. I know you're campaigning hard today. Okay, uh, we're going to take a short commercial break. I want everybody, by the way, everybody to pile in and check out uh, Blake Masters. That is the future. Blake Masters represents the future. Mark Kelly represents a quite destructive past. Okay? Huge supporter of the invasion of the United States on the southern border. Okay. We've got Harnwell. We've got Prince. We have uh, Dave Walsh. Talk about energy. We've got Joe Allen. We're packed wall to wall, but we're going to get it all done. Short commercial break. We'll be back in the worm in just a moment. Everything's just beginning, but the games you want to play. Bring it on and now we'll fight to the end. Just watch and see. It's all started. Everything's begun. And you are over. Cause we're taking down the CCP. has arrived the new social media taking on big tech protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture join the marketplace of ideas the platform for independent thought has arrived superior technology no more selling your personal data no more censorship no more cancel culture enough getter has arrived it's time to say what you want the way you want download now Eric Prince, you've done a lot of security thing. You turned over, you turned over the perimeter to the Taliban, and then you saw the sequence right there from Seth Moulton all the way through. Give me your assessment as a guy that manages this, leads this for a living, sir. Well, look, they were so far behind the power curve. It's yet another uh, chink in the armor of of uh, really bad moves. I mean, the the first when the when the people of Kabul first overran the airport uh, right after the city fell probably half I mean, in the many, many thousands of people just stayed inside the airport. And those people were evacuated to the United States on C-17s without any vetting, without any necessary correlation to having helped or served America. So who, who knows who those people really are? Uh, you know, a, a much better method, and it's easy to hindsight, but uh, to make everyone go to the soccer stadium, for example, and at least have a vetting process of some sort but again, State Department people greatly withdrew. They, you know, uh, the Secretary of State was on the Hamptons vacationing on the day Kabul fell. So there, there clearly was not a lot of focus and not a lot of um, people paying attention to prepare for this onslaught. They, again, they believed their own nonsense that Kabul was going to hold out for months and months. And like I said, already back in, in early spring, this thing will be done before Labor Day. Um, I, I got to ask you about, you just said that the, the uh, and by the way, there may be a little blowback here because Eric's out of the country. Um, you just said the people were maligning efforts. You got this Pineapple Express, which are former special forces and other people that are doing their own independent stuff. There are people all around are doing their own independent stuff, whether they're Christians, whether that's people they fought with in the war. You said that the State Department is maligning or the administration is maligning. What did you mean by that? They're telling uh, the governments in the area to not cooperate with these private organizations. 
It's just, uh, it's crazy. It's the opposite of Dunkirk. It would be like the, the first Lord of the Admiralty of Britain in, when Dunkirk was actually happening, telling people they couldn't go to sea because they didn't have uh, a current inspection on their boat. It's, it's wrong. It is the opposite of whatever has made America great, that Americans do rise to the occasion and they fill in when government can't get it done. And in this case, I think the administration is kind of trying to cover their, uh, cover their tracks and, and just uh, to put it out of people's minds. Okay, welcome back. That's from a year ago. That was Eric Prince. Eric now joins us from the region. Eric, uh, that's from a year ago. Give us your assessment of uh, what happened. It was one year ago yesterday, the Abbey Gate massacre took place, uh, sir. Uh, Steve, it's um, a somber day uh, and, and an unnecessary day. Um, I think it's important to remember these uh, these 13 uh, service people, David Espinoza, Nicole Gee, Darren Hoover, Ryan Naus, Hunter Lopez, Riley McCollum, Dylan Marola, Kareem Nicoy, Dagan Page, uh, Johanny Rosario Chardo, Humberto Sanchez, Jared Smith, and Maxton Soviak. Marines, a sailor, uh, and a soldier died because of DOD leadership incompetence. Obviously, it was a bad move the way Biden ordered a pullout. It was reckless. It was pathetic. And it led to uh, everything they predicted it would not. The Taliban took over and it's become a terror superstate. Ayman Zawahiri was killed a few weeks ago after the Biden administration promised there was no more Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. Ayman Zawahiri, the co-founder of Al-Qaeda with bin Laden, the co-planner of the 9-11 attack, was living 300 meters away from the British embassy in the green zone of Kabul in a house rented from the interior minister, the Haqqanis, who's also on the terror list. So it has embodied the worst of everything the Biden administration promised it would not. It was an incompetent black mark on America to run away like that. The images of Thousands of people clinging to C-17 aircraft trying to take off is not whatever should happen to America. That is not how America operates. When it came time to evacuate, um, the few soft guys, the few soldiers, uh, active duty that were sent there to try to sort it out, they did an extremely noble job. And it's lucky that we got away with only 13 killed because a four-man Taliban mortar team up on the, on the ridge above the airport could have killed everyone there. Uh, so it's just a it's just a really really dark time, uh, and the fact that all the, the only officer that's been held accountable since then in the year since is Stu Scheller, a Marine Lieutenant Colonel who called bullshit on the senior officers, demanding their accountability, and he's the only guy that was forced out of the Marine Corps for asking for accountability. Millie and the rest of those guys at the JCS. We'll all retire. They'll all have full pensions, no investigations, nothing. Their incompetence led to this disaster, and it's absolutely unacceptable. Nobody's talking about a terrorist super state. we got a minute. Walk us through, and we're going to hold you through the break, but tell me why, what evidence points to a creation of a terrorist super state in what we left behind in Afghanistan? Clearly, Steve, it's comfortable for terrorists to be there when the co-leader of al-Qaeda is living in the green zone He's the first of hundreds of other bad dudes that are there in the country. Uh, every group from the region 
In fact, it's so bad that even Pakistan is now starting to fight against the Taliban because the Pakistani Taliban, feeling empowered, is attacking uh, Pakistan itself. So it's it's just a, a maelstrom of bad. Um, it is not the last we've heard of terrorism in Afghanistan. And um, I just hope that it, it, when the U.S. has to go back in, there is not one conventional soldier ever sent back there because it just doesn't work that way. Okay, Eric, if please hand, hold over. we got uh, Ben Harnwell. We have uh, Dave Walsh. We have Eric Prince. We're going to talk about rare earths. We're going to talk about energy. We're going to talk about the collapse of the economy of the West in the CCP in China. All next. Where in the world? CCP. CCP. Everything's just beginning. But the games you want to to the end just watch and see it's all started everything's begun and you are over because we're taking down the ccp spread the word all through hong kong we will fight till they're all gone we rejoice when there's no more let's take down the ccp folks let me tell you about salty it's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us.